play clean, play within yourself, play to your talent and coaching, and Georgia wins this game easily and maybe even covers the spread. I don't even care about the spread. I don't, I don't bet on Georgia because I just can't handle that. Week three of the college football season is already upon us, and it's not a particularly interesting one in terms of matchups, both nationally speaking and in the SEC, but I think you'll find out how we feel regarding the Dogs game this week versus Arkansas State, and that is with a sense of caution. This is a tough and inspired Sunbelt team rolling into Athens on Saturday, and despite the large spread and superior athletes on the Bulldogs' side, the Red Wolves should not be taken lightly, which could be easy to do, as one of the biggest games ever in the history of Dooley Field at Sanford Stadium is only one week away. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall, and you're listening to episode 191 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. I'm joined in studio today by my two co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller, as we share our thoughts on what Georgia needs to do in order to get past this quintessential trap game on their schedule. Also on the show, we have a little bit of fun with some more buy and sell. We answer a few questions posed from you, our listeners, and we go over the leaders of the Fun Office Pools Pick'em Contest, along with much, much more. And please make sure to visit our show notes page of this episode to get some special links for two things coming up. One, we have some details from our podcast partner, The Pine Restaurant, located in Five Points. They're hosting a wine dinner this coming Monday, September 16th, to celebrate their five-year anniversary. And second, in the show notes of this episode, there will be some information on the Eastside Eats fundraiser, which is also coming up later this year, where you can bid on a chance to have dinner with the three of us. <laughs> and that'll happen sometime later this fall. So let's just jump on into it. Hope you enjoy our Georgia versus Arkansas State preview show. Here's Will to get us started. So, uh, by the way, we can call this the golf-themed episode. Yeah, uh, yeah. because I, Will is wearing golf shoes. I'm wearing golf shoes. I, I played nine holes of golf today. The, the the I think it's the third time in my life I've ever played nine holes of golf. I played at the Athens Country Club with some fellow Barrow dads for my golf magazine column. To remind everyone, I have a monthly column in the front of Golf Magazine about how I don't like golf. <laughs> and uh, and to prove it, he played golf and to today. Prove it, I played golf today, and I'll have you know, I shot a 71. But yes, it was on nine holes. Um, but for the record, I know the rest of you. Uh, cheat and like you give yourself that little tap in. I was militant and insistent that you do not cheat. No gimmies at all. No gimmies, and I missed a couple of the gimmies. So technically, it might have been a sixty-nine. Nice, uh, but instead it was a it was a seventy-one uh, on those nine holes. But uh, uh, that's why in the social media picture that uh, Scott will put up on this podcast, uh, I'm wearing golf shoes and uh, and, and we're all holding golf, golf clubs. Was the two hundred ninth time in your term that you've gone and played golf? No, uh, uh, though I usually do that just to enrich my family and uh, their ge- future generations uh, through my properties. Understand? So, um, Understood. And uh, which is totally really, normal. It's totally the normal. only yeah. reason yeah. I did any of this. Yeah, it's to totally be normal. I actually literally don't care about any other part of uh, of the golf game other than uh, than the making people forget the emoluments clause. Yeah. So anyway, Arizona Tony State did that by the way. Arizona State. No, we played them like five Arkansas or six years State. There you go. Arkansas State. It's okay. I've been calling them Murray State in my head all week. I'm like, why can't I find Murray? Why can't I find Arkansas State on Bill Conley's SP Plus? <laughs> because Murray State is an FCS team. Played them first. Yes. yes. Um, there is a push. Uh, in case you haven't heard, and be surprising if you hadn't, uh, Blake Anderson, the head coach of the uh, Arkansas State Red Wolves. His wife, Wendy, passed away three weeks ago from breast cancer. There is a push to uh, wear pink to support Mm -hmm. he and his family. I fully support that. I'm going to wear pink. 
Um, I also have a red Georgia hat. But is I'll, this a push coming from the fans? From base? Georgia fans. So it, this, well, this, Georgia, Georgia not, football retweeted it. Yes, Georgia football has okay. this okay. originated with Georgia fans. Okay. Okay. Uh, but Georgia football has now in in whatever endorsement what endorsement that you give by retweeting something. Right. Um, have has done so, and like I said, I fully plan to um, because it's. I think it's just the right thing to do. You know, I was thinking of what pink attire I have. Everything I have in pink is long sleeve button downs. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think I that's going to work is for just me. Something that would used to be red, yeah, which is <laughs> which works. Um, work. I'm a, this probably wouldn't surprise most people to know me. I love wearing pink. I just I'm a pastel guy. Um, I will wear uh, I'll wear the hell out of pink. Yeah. Um, so maybe I should buy a pink polo. Yeah, or I, something. Have, I have a pink pink golf shirt polo golf shirt that I think I'm going to wear. So can we talk about uh, Arkansas State? Eventually, I got, I got it right. Coming up on September sixteenth, the Pine, which is one of our uh, podcast uh, partners, they are hosting a wine dinner. And the cool thing about it is the the chef, whose name is Scott D. Bernardo, is going to pair the wines with the selections of what you get to eat. And people can call, email, or go to the Pines website and to the events section to reserve their spots. So I know Tony's a big purveyor of wine events. Can you give people an idea? Because I've never been to one. What are what are those things? Well, typically, typically like? there's a wine vendor that supplies the wine. Um, I, I, I don't know what Scott's going to do there at the Pine, but um, typically there's a. You know, you you have four courses, um, kind of an appetizer, salad, main, and then a dessert, and each one's paired with an appropriate wine. Uh, the cool part about these is is the the fixed price, and there is usually a very good deal by the time you get uh, by the time you get you know four course meal and you know three to five glasses of wine in. It's, it's, it's like not you're bad. reading this without reading it. You know it so well. It's a sixty dollar yeah. uh, per person, five wines, four courses. And snacks, and it starts at 6 p.m. on September 16th. It's a good time. I've been to a few of these, and the only thing I, I can tell you as a good piece of advice is if you are tired of waiting around for the next wine because you finished your last one, you can actually go ahead and order like a bourbon or a vodka type yep. in between there, and they will bring it to you, uh, theoretically speaking. And if you if you tip appropriately early, usually they'll just leave the bottle of wine that they poured out of close to you. Yeah. Um, these are all pro tips, courtesy of Tony and Will. Mm-hmm. I got the drinking part cold. Yeah, me and me and drinking. Yeah, y'all are a little bit more advanced in the drinking section than myself. And I'm not tooting my horn or anything. I'm just saying I'm missing Yo, CrossFit out. Really you CrossFit ruined that for you. You yeah. used to drink with us at these things, and then you, you CrossFit. You are a horn well, tutor from way back. I have to wake up early to edit this thing, and I have to have a clear mind. Yes, I agree. I, I, so, Arkansas State. They're the Red Wolves. They are. They're in the Sunbelt Conference. They were not always the Red Wolves. I think they, 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 they did change their name. Oh, oh, is that a trivia question later? Hold, hold that thought. Sorry, we'll sorry. Just, we'll just kind of forget that happened. Okay, we'll just sorry. move on. Okay, That's a little right. Easter egg for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I do want to talk for a minute because I've seen some things out there like people are openly dismissing Arkansas State. It is a long way from Murray State to Arkansas State. In yeah. fact... Arkansas State is higher ranked in SP Plus, Bill Conley's Metro C's, also in the FPI and ESPN than Vanderbilt is. Um, they're higher ranked than Purdue, who beat Vanderbilt. This is a legit team. This is a legit Sunbelt team. Am I worried about losing to them? No, I'm not. I would be very surprised if we see Stetson Bennett in the second quarter in this game. And it's important for us to remember that before in, in setting expectations, because we've spent a lot of time on this podcast talking about expectations and 
you know, it is important for us to not get freaked out if it's tied 7-7 in the seventh in the second quarter. I think this will be a game uh, where we can – we certainly can overcome with talent. I, I certainly think we have coaching uh, advantages as well. But keep in mind, Blake Anderson has – he has a couple things working for him. I, I talked about the pink shirts a few minutes ago. There is a little bit of an emotional factor there. The good news is, is what they try to do plays really well into what Georgia does defensively. They want to move fast. They run 75-plus plays a game on offense. They throw the ball a lot, very similar to what we saw last week and, frankly, what I think we'll see next week. We're not talking about mm-hmm. the game next I week, know, just, like, just like Coach Smart's not. Is there a but game next week? I didn't even I, know. Maybe there is. They're playing Notre Dame. Um Arkansas State's playing Notre Dame because that's weird. We are too. Um, but you know, there uh, Logan Bonner is a he three completes sixty two percent of his passes. He's, He's a leading passer in Sun Belt right now. Right, leading passer in Sun Belt. You know, they they do throw the ball around a little bit. Um, it feels like we will probably spend a little less time rushing than we did last week. Um, I think we'll probably play some from pretty tight uh, defense and try to keep everything in front of us. And really the key to this game offensively for Georgia is just to be very sound on our blocking, uh, which, frankly, we did a fantastic job of really both games. No, I think this is a really good point. This is not Murray State. No. Like, it is not. And, again, I don't think I agree with Tony. Like, I don't think Georgia's going to lose this game. Like, the line is, like, 20 points. They're, like, 15, 20 points lower than the Murray State game was. Like 31 and a half yeah, is like, what I saw. I think it was, like, so it's 18, 17, 18 points. Yeah. Uh, like, like, clearly this is a team that Georgia What was the Vanderbilt and, spread? Was it 21? Uh, no, it was closer than that. Yeah, I thought it was, like, 17 or 18, yeah. Okay. And, but, so I think that, I mean, listen, Georgia's going to win this game. But Arkansas State... Like, one of the great things about the Sun Belt I love, is that the Sun Belt has two halves. Like, Sun Belt has the East and the West. They play a Sun Belt Championship game. This team very well may be in the Sun Belt Championship game. This team is probably better than Georgia State, who just won at Tennessee. And not only won at Tennessee, but, like, beat Tennessee. Like, that was not, like, a crazy thing that we all know that. Oh, I think they're definitely better than Georgia yeah, State. so I think that's the thing to keep in mind is if uh, I obviously making fun of Tennessee's Fun everything, but like this is this may be one of the top two or three teams in the Sun Belt, which is not nothing. And the way Arkansas State started their season, they lost a heartbreaker at home to SMU to open up, but then they traveled out to Vegas last week and pretty much pantsed UNLV 43 17. A couple of guys you're going to want to look out for is number seven, Omar Bayless. He leads the nation in receiving touchdowns and his third. And receiving yards per game. He's uh, got 23 catches for 410 yards and five touchdowns already on the season. And to say that they're pass happy would be an understatement because number two receiver, Brandon Bowling, he wears number 82. He's uh, got 12 receptions for 92 yards in the SMU game alone. So uh, they are going to throw the ball. Bonner is not afraid to air it out. And uh, interesting fact about them, we'll see. Listeners, I'd like for you to kind of keep tabs on this as we enter the third and fourth quarter and see if this can happen. Arkansas State, their offense has produced 300 yards total offense or more in 27 straight games, including 391 total yards and a 57-7 to loss to Bama just last year. And for the record, Georgia held Vanderbilt and Murray State both under 300 yards. Vandy got 225 and Murray State got 284. So that's a little interesting side bet or something to look at while this game is going on. It should be a very entertaining game. Like, I have to say, like, they're going to try to score. Like, they're, 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 this is not a slog. Arkansas State is going to try to put up some points. They might not be able to. Georgia may 
have to score some points. Uh, and if Georgia gives up three touchdowns to Arkansas State, it, that's not ideal. But I don't think we should freak out too much if that happens. No, I think that's right. Uh, you know, I think they, they're going to move the ball some. I mean, look, it's, we gave up a 60-yard pass play to Murray State. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, and I think it's unrealistic to think we'll keep them out of the end zone. Uh, defensively, they have um, probably who the, the player is going to end up being um, the the uh, defensive player of the year in their defensive end, Bradley King. I mean, he's already got two and a half tackles for loss and two and a half sacks on top of that. While in the end, he plays with his hand off the ground, They they and they bring pressure from a lot of places. Frankly, I think our, this is a very good test for our offensive line. It's Their their defensive line is probably closer to what we'll see next week with that game that we're not going to talk about than we saw, certainly we saw against Murray State and maybe even what we saw against Vanderbilt. I think the, the way for them to win this game is to disrupt the passing game and hope you can get some stops on the running game. I would be very surprised if they don't pin their ears back and come after Jake Fromm early and often uh, yeah. because that's their strength. Their defensive line is their strength. And it'll be good. Like that's. I mean, this is this is like a great game to schedule. Like yes. this is good for Georgia. Like this. Yes. Is, like it's not a major challenge, but they're going to see more stuff here than they saw against Murray State. This mm-hmm. is the, like I feel like the Sun Belt is just generally a good conference for this, <clears throat> right? To be able to, you don't want to get too cute about it. Or Georgia State beats uh, beats you at home uh, in front of uh, all of your overalls. Well, we almost got beat by Southern. What? Four or five years ago, we had to go to overtime with them. Yeah, right. So I feel like Georgia Southern is actually not a great team to because they're weird. Like they're not like they're a little weird. Like they play a little differently. So like they like a team like this that plays kind of an up tempo, pass happy game. I think is really helpful for a team that obviously has a ton of talent in the in defensive backfield. But they need to maybe be tested a little bit. And I'd also say that if you are a betting man or woman. Uh, the over-under on this game is 58, which seems a bit low when we're talking about how pass-happy they are. The only problem with that Georgia. is maybe they don't score. That's the fear. Is I think that they're going to try to, uh, and if they get 21, yes, obviously. But I, I, maybe, I have to say, if you, I imagine an Arkansas State family here, this would be like, Ooh, if we score 21, we're going to do backflips in this game. Yeah. But I'm saying this, that's on the table to potentially happen in a way that a lot of teams you might not see uh, have it happen. Yeah, thinking about the over-under, it does bring up an interesting what, interesting maybe what the approach is going to be for Georgia. I, I, you know, I talked about it Sunday. I thought it was interesting that we threw the ball around uh, far more than we did in Vandy, and we, we threw some wrinkles in far more than we did against Vandy. Um, I, you know, it's not hard to see this being a game where we do establish run early and often. I mean, we did that in the first drive against Murray State. We took the reins off a little bit. But, you know, looking at this the same way we did in the, maybe the Vanderbilt game is a decent analogy that you could see us jump to a 14 nothing lead and just sit on them. That's the problem with the over. I agree. That's the problem with the over, yeah. right? That's, and that's exactly And then I, mean, my, I don't think that's going to happen, but if they go, then it could. No, but they score 21 yeah. points, the under's dead because right. we'll score 45. Right. I don't think there's any doubt about it because, look, if, if Kirby thinks for a second that he's got to put points on the board, he will. He'll just yeah. take the reins off. He'll tell Coley to run that pass shit again, right. and they'll run that pass shit and score. I mean, that's just kind of the way it goes. Brought that look, time look what you just did. Um, we have to start talking about I just assume that's what Kirby thinks about passes, right? Um, <laughs> I mean, there's, tell me I'm wrong. Where's the lie? I mean, I don't think there's a lie that he views it that way. I kind of think that's... But the right way to think about it, right? It's just like, yeah, 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 yeah. Do, yeah. yeah. do that yeah. offense do stuff. Do that whatever thing. Hit that button. And I don't like it, but just do it. Yeah, hit the X button. X. Yeah. 
A B A X. There's a, a. I never played. I never played PlayStation. So uh, up down up down left right left right A B C. Is that Contra? That's Contra. Yeah. The, uh, Infinity Lives. <laughs> um, that game is so much fun. That game is too hard without the Infinity Lives, but with the Infinity Lives, it's so fun. Um, uh, everybody drink. Uh, Seth Emerson had a great piece this week about Georgia uh, embracing analytics. Uh, and about how that is, I think, something that's kind of underappreciated. I think particularly because I did not get the sense that Kirby Smart was eager to talk about that or to get, give away any sort of competitive advantage <laughs> yeah. about the things that he cares about. Uh, so he kind of gave vague platitudes that clearly hinted that uh, advanced analytics, statistic-based stuff, that Bill Connolly's been talking about for a long time is clearly something that Georgia looks at all the time. I mean, stuff and, we've been talking about. No yeah. other podcast that Georgia uh, Georgia football podcast has talked about analytics, and so. no one ever will because we're the only one. <laughs> um, but certainly, that piece I thought was very smartly done, and I think uh, sussed out something that we've all suspected, but kind of known is that like they're throwing. It, this is a modern program. Like, sure, uh, Kirby's a Saban guy, but it's like th- th- that's an encouraging thing. And one of the things I thought was a really good Kirby Smart quote in that piece, he's like, 10 years ago, we weren't really thinking about this stuff that much right now. And 10 years ago, Kirby Smart was already the hot young assistant that was going to end up being a, hot, a big coach someday. So like Saban, I think it shows that he is going to be smart about embracing new ways to think about things and uh, do whatever it takes to win. Yeah, the funny part about it to me as I was reading Kirby's quotes about that, I couldn't help but think I've seen Armageddon when um, Bruce Willis asked about the contingency plan, and he's like, Billy Bob Thornton, right? Yeah. Plays the administrator for NASA. It's like, yeah. oh, we don't have a contingency plan. He's like, this is the best the government can do? Y'all are U- this is the U.S. government. This is NASA. Uh, you put man on the moon. You're geniuses. You got rooms of people backing them up, thinking up a more shit. And that's the whole time I was thinking about it. That's kind of the way Kirby answered that yeah, question. It's yeah, like, yeah. Um, yeah, we're on this, and we got yeah. people backing them up yeah, on this, don't worry. too. I think, I think that, that uh, Everson called the, the, the small army yes. of uh, the number of people that are on the football staff. And uh, I'll put this way if they are not not only using analytics but like diving deep into them it's malpractice and i so i thought i thought that was a good yeah. smart to, to, to look into it but i don't know is it or is ed, is ed orgeron it's hard to imagine ed orgeron like sitting down with s&p rankings but he clearly is someone on his staff the, yeah, probably I the think, guy hired from new orleans that's I, looking at it i about to say i think it's clear that the ed orgeron we saw at Ole Miss and the Ed Orgeron we saw at Southern Cal is not the Ed Orgeron yeah. coaching LSU. I think he is literally seated coaching to his offensive coordinator and said, "Put points aboard. I don't care how you do, do, do that. Do that pass. Do that pass. <laughs> do that offense. Because if you watched that game the other night, if you would have, I mean, two years ago, if you'd have thought any LSU team, much less one with Joe Burrow." as the quarterback and Ed Orgeron as the head coach scoring 45 points on anybody other than um, Southwest Louisiana A&M. Um, I, just, I think I made that up. Yeah. You but, were almost right. Yeah. Um, you, people would have called you nuts. Also, Burrow looked awesome. Like, it did not look like He's a, a system quarterback. Yeah, that did not look like one of those. Like, he looked awesome. And for the yeah. record, he looked awesome against Georgia last year. I think, like, I've I think heard, that has been forgotten. Yeah, his bit. Heisman odds jumped to like 4-1. to one. Because those throws in the fourth quarter were yeah. straight up onions. Yeah. It was crazy. And I, th- and I think this is, I, one, of the things I, one of the many things I love about college football is when someone breaks through, often you see little, like, uh, little hints at yeah, it this earlier on. And I think that LSU, the way he played against Georgia last year, where we liked, like, 
make fun of Burrow a little bit. And he's, you know, the LSU's never going to let them go crazy with this stuff. But he was really, really good against Georgia last year. He wasn't really good all year, but he was really good yeah. against Georgia last year. And I think now they've taken the reins off a little bit. And I, it's funny, I, don't, I don't know if you saw, but... Uh, 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 the, the Stu Mandel and the Athletic uh, floated an idea this week that uh, imagine a Final Four heading into the SEC Championship game where one is undefeated Clemson, two is undefeated Alabama, three is undefeated Georgia, and four is one loss LSU. Or flip Alabama and LSU right. in that regard. I don't uh, think there's any way, absent a blowout in the SEC Championship, that you don't have three SEC teams in that. I mean, well, I, I mean, if Ohio State or Michigan's undefeated. Undefeated, and, yes. But but who do you put in then? The loser of the SEC championship game or LSU? Yeah, right. I mean, I mean, just the well, idea. At that point, if Georgia's undefeated in the, going to the SEC championship game, they've beaten Notre Dame, which presumably, we assume mm-hmm. Notre Dame's going to be good, and I think they will be. We have beaten a team mm-hmm. that, frankly, I thought played Clemson better than they were going to uh, this past week in Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then an Auburn team that uh, it's probably going to be up and down, but I don't think they're. I think they're going to be exciting and probably sneak up and beat somebody that we're like, whoa, that just happened. Yeah, it's it's if an you, interesting thought experience. If you want to, if you want to get uh, the the final four to final eight, uh, get three SEC teams in yep. final four. Oh, <laughs> that will happen somebody right? That would happen year. in February. Yes, yeah, that would that happen right. immediately yeah. uh, if that happened. Um, while we're on it, uh, you, you said something that made me think of this. If you listen to the Solid Verbal, um, one of the fantasy things they picked this year was a commentator saying someone had a little bit of Baker And they define that as somebody who is short and probably a little bit of a dick. And, 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 a, and a gunslinger. And a gunslinger. And, not, and I say a little bit of a dick. I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm right, just like, right. like just somebody that's like, you know what? This is who I am. I don't care. And they gave Stetson Bennett uh, the, uh, among the highest praises when they reviewed the Georgia game. They said, he's got a little bit of a blue bit <laughs> Well, he was the one that mimicked him for oh, the Rose Bowl yes, practice. He, he had high, He drew high praise he for doing drew, that. And, yeah. Frankly, that's not an inaccurate. Uh, yeah. Other than, and know, it clearly worked because they shut down Baker that's Mayfield right. in that game. <laughs> yeah. and, I mean, uh, <laughs> do not look at the box score, friends. All you need to know is Georgia won. <laughs> um, okay. that, by the way, this is one of my favorite things that people people are like. Oh, big, you know, SEC teams versus Big Twelve teams. Blah 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 blah. I'm like, um, y'all need to go back and look at the Rose Bowl because that was a 53-49 yeah. game or something. And Georgia's defense was awesome. That, they that played, was the thing that was so awesome. And, about and the Georgia crazy thing year. is, they played fantastic defense <laughs> yeah. in that game. They played really good defense in that game. Yeah. But then they didn't at times. Yeah, so. It's not hard to convince yourself of this because they have state in the name that this game isn't both worthy of your attention and worthy of your not just coming but staying. Um, I'd be really surprised if this game is a blowout at halftime. would surprise me if it's a blowout by the end of the game. Doesn't that um, make you nervous? Only in the way that it would make It'd be good for him. Like, honestly, I like, mean, yeah. If Georgia's behind at halftime and we look sloppy and we look like we have not taken this game seriously, yeah, I'm going to be nervous because at that point, you've not only created the narrative that Georgia's not ready, you've also put in the minds of, of people there, frankly, what part of what I think Georgia has going for them, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, maybe LSU now, is you come in with a, with a mental disadvantage because they're really good, capital, capital whatever, capital letters, they're really good. If you... Put yourself in a position where teams think that they can just waltz in here because Arkansas State did and punch you in the mouth and you don't stand up to it until you get your feet under you. 
you do create some some lasting whether it's emotional, whether it's mental, or whether it's actual harm to what your team looks like the rest of the season. I'm not worried about this game being sloppy. I'm not worried about this game looking ugly. Frankly, I'm not worried about this game being – I mean, it could be close well into the – well, closer to halftime. We've seen that play out plenty of times where very good Georgia teams – 17 is a good example um, – where very good Georgia teams are in seven-point game at halftime and end up winning by 28 points. Um, that's altogether possible here. That is a thing that could happen. So what you're saying is maybe that second quarter 35-point outburst against Murray State, you might wait to see that to the third or fourth quarter. Well, and also spread out. You score 35 points in the second half. Yeah. Um, and that's that's kind of why I want to make sure people understand that just because State is in the name and you've never heard of Arkansas or Murray, um, do not think that these two games are analogous. They're not. The talent level on this Arkansas State team is very different than the talent level there that we saw last week. Frankly, I think the coaching is better, um, and certainly the team is on an emotional place because of what went down with Wendy Anderson um, that – you you can't discount, right? You just can't. Um, they came out and just like blew the doors off UNLV last week when when Coach Anderson literally came back Saturday morning to coach the game. Um, they're going to be hyped. They're going to be ready. They have the same number of scholarships that Georgia does. Don't be surprised if this game is close at halftime, but also don't freak out if it's close at halftime. I think the last thing on this is you want what you want to avoid is the Missouri game from last year. Where you're sloppy before, yeah, and that's yeah. A, I think that's what I'm looking for. Sloppy, right? right. I don't I don't mean that like the game. I don't mean that even the score, right? They just played so sloppy that game. For the record, let's not forget they had the what, 10, 11 penalties in the Vanderbilt game, like yeah. they didn't in Murray State, but they didn't need to. That is still something they need to get cleaned up, and so this is a game where you're that, that's going to get tested. So do you you see uh, Coley trotting anything out on offense to almost prepare for? Notre Dame, or you, you still think it's going to be very vanilla? Well, I don't think we're going to run a flea flicker in the end zone like Mel Tucker did. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah. amazing. No, we, 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 record, we'll get, we'll, I, I, I want to talk to that. about that. Yes, I 100%. want to get to that. Um, so I, I know really implicit in your question is will we see the hidden ball trick or flea no, flicker? No, no, no. I'm, I'm thinking like, you know, to build upon, you know, you see uh, Robertson come across on that jet sweep like Mecole did last year. Is he setting something up? I think we'll see a couple more. For another reason, just to get a couple of reps in game at game speed, some things we haven't seen yet. Um, I still think, and I mean, we've seen this all three years. We unfold the playbook as we need it, and I don't think I want to see him play clean. Like, yeah, that's yeah. what you want. You want a clean. That's game. exactly where I was going with this. Right. You want a clean game, even if we only run, if we run the ball fifty-seven times. As long as we don't hold, yeah, you know, we don't hold five times. We don't jump off sides. We don't have five guys in the backfield yeah. three times. You don't fumble. You, you don't know, fumble. Right. You don't hit a guy out of bounds. Um, you don't throw and, the ball back at the guy after he yeah, pushes all those you out of things, bounds. right? Um, you know, look, I don't mind hustle penalties. I really don't. I mind off sides. I mind. I don't even mind holding penalties if they're ticky tack, right? Um, I don't mind holding penalties if they're to protect the head of your quarterback. I don't mind. Pass interference if you're saving a touchdown. I'm not, you got in a position to be that way, but whatever. Play clean. Play within yourself. Play to your talent and coaching. And Georgia wins this game easily and maybe even covers the spread. I don't even care about the spread. I don't, I don't bet on Georgia because I just can't handle that. Life's hard enough. Life hard. is hard enough. That's exactly right. Okay, last thing I want to mention, this is not about this game, but uh, before we end the next thing, I just want to give a little plug. Uh, there is a 
fantastic piece by uh, I, 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 I've only in the last few years when I say that I feel comfortable calling uh, this guy a friend of mine but um, by Ivan Maisel the great ESPN reporter uh, who for a long time has had a connection with the uh, uh, Helensky family now, if you remember uh, Ty Helensky was the he was a quarterback for Washington State who, uh, who was this clearly uh, he was one that that, that, uh, that killed himself uh, and devastating the family uh, Ivan Maisel had a son who uh, th- two years ago did the same thing um, and I think obviously different circumstances but he has gotten an in obviously through the shared experience with that family he wrote an incredible piece because Alabama played South Carolina this week so it's on ESPN it's a big ESPN game so he wrote an incredible piece about being with that family because his brother Ryan plays for South Carolina and hey as it turns out is going to be the starter now, now because the, yeah, now, the now, now the Jake is out. So it is a terrific story, and it is something to watch for. Uh, uh, George doesn't play South Carolina for a few weeks now, but um, it's something to keep an eye out for with South Carolina is that Ryan Helensky is the quarterback for them. And I recommend everyone go to ESPN.com. I have Mazel wrote an absolutely incredible story, and it's almost difficult to read sometimes. I it's, remember it's watching the video on a game day last year about the family. And yeah, I would, and Ivan was part of that, too. I would bet yeah. that they'll do one for his brother and yeah. one of the upcoming game and, days. And, and, and there's a news peg to it now because Ryan is sure. really the starting quarterback for South Carolina. He's a freshman. And uh, how, did, how did his brother go to Washington State and he's all the way in Columbia? There's a story. That, that's part of the story. Oh, really? That, okay. That's a part of the story. And Delta. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's gotcha. the short answer. But um, Seattle to Columbia? Yeah. Like, I mean, Ivan's so tied in with those guys. Like, literally the lead of the story is the mom cheering Ryan coming out and accidentally saying tie. Really? Like it's wow. just it's just a tough story. No one is rooting for Agent Muschamp uh, in any regard, uh, but uh, I find myself uh, keeping an eye on South Carolina specifically because of him in that story. But and, and not to well, it's okay. I you mean, don't have to. Yeah. yeah, it's hard to change. Directions it's September eleventh, and I've every single thing I've listened to anyone say on September eleventh is they have like a little memory of it. And they're like. Okay, well, changing gears awkwardly to the thing that you're actually listening to this podcast for. So it's okay. Yeah. You can feel free to, uh, to move on. Unless you want to talk about politics. Nope. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, I know what I was going to ask you. Do you pull for South Carolina or do you want Alabama to continue to run the table? I mean, I don't think it matters what we do. I think that... Uh, that no, uh, as you're sitting there watching the game and it, say it's close at the end, do you find yourself saying, go ahead and do it, Muschamp? I have to say, anyone, anytime anyone's playing Alabama, I find it difficult to root for Alabama against sure. that team. I can't root for South Carolina. Yeah. See, that's, that's kind of hot. I mean, look... I'm, so I, you're telling me that if South Carolina is down four... Oh, well, no, I'm driving here for chaos. I am totally here for okay, chaos. Okay. Yes, I want entertainment. But sitting here on Tuesday, night, Wednesday, Wednesday yeah. night, yeah. no, I can't say I'm going to root for South okay. Carolina. I'm not really rooting for Alabama. I mean, I'm fine with chaos. That's just care. how the SEC is. Every week you're sitting there thinking, unless they're playing an out-of-conference game where you're obviously pulling for BYU. Well, you brought up – you brought this brings up an interesting point because I was talking with Robert. I went to Robert Wolf's mm-hmm. talking after the game. Um, and he and I were talking. It's like, well, what do you think this? I'm like, look, I don't care. Just win your games. We, and we are legitimately in the position now where you just yeah. win your games. Yeah. Um, which is a sea change from where we were in 2015 where we're like, well, if you squint and you hope or even – you know, I mean, last year we needed some help, but whatever. Mm-hmm. But you just win your games. 
Don't worry about it. I mean, if I don't care. We beat we beat A or four Alabama in the SEC championship, and we're only have one loss. We're going to the college football playoff. That's just the way it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it would be fun if some shit went down. But yeah. I mean, I'm okay. But Scott's fine. Um, he didn't care about yeah. custody. I gotta tell you, we got uh, we got General Potty Mouth over here. Yeah. Yes. He's got all sorts of problems. I that I have. So. Well, and, and again, and I like to state this about once a year. I don't bleep the bad words or the curse words because I'm a prude. I, I'm totally fine with that. It's just that I feel I get a lot of comments that people's kids listen to it and my kids listen to it. So you know. My That's mom only, listens to it. It's fine. <laughs> my wife does not listen to it. My wife absolutely does not right. listen to this podcast. I said my mom, not my wife. My mom also does not listen to this podcast. She told me she did. Oh, <laughs> there's no need for that. Um, so can I drop another shit in here somewhere? Good Lord. Like I said, are you being literal? Or <laughs> <laughs> there's a Rex Chapman meme today on Twitter. Yes, there is. <laughs> did you see that? <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was gross. Yeah, it was. He's Rex, had some good ones recently. Rex Chapman-y. So we got some trivia. So that's going to be first. Okay. And then we'll jump into some buy or sell. Did I say that right? Buy or sell, buy and sell. Either you can buy it or sell it. And yeah. then we've got some comments. That's and basic some, commerce. Yeah, man. sure. You got some, uh, got some comments. No, uh, iTunes reviews. Come on guys. One or two would be nice. Uh, but we did get some nice emails and some direct messages. So, I only have three trivia questions for you okay. tonight. We'll just jump right on into. Are we it. buzzing, or are we just are we just each giving your answers? I don't think you're going to know it quick enough to buzz or Someone to just shout. Someone is underestimating my intellect. All right, Arkansas. We both from <laughs> quiz ball collegiate. Yeah, quiz ball. It was classical. We called it. Was, it, it was quiz ball in my day, but yeah. Arkansas. We State. called it picking up. Chicks. They're, they're, they're doing this on purpose. <laughs> All <y'all>. the chicks. <laughs> Arkansas right. State is in the Sun Belt Conference. Yes. There are 12 members of the Sunbelt Conference, but only 10 play football. Can you name the two schools in the Sunbelt who do not field a football team? Okay. Hmm. This is a good question. Maybe what you do is is process of elimination. This isn't Samford's conference, is it? Samford or Samford an answer? They're an FCS school. Yeah, but in basketball, that's why. But basketball, yeah, you're, what you're looking for is a Division One basketball program that doesn't play football. Right, right. Like Sanford's a but Division Sanford, One. But Sanford does play FCS football, so yeah. Oh, I oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. So okay, give us a hint. Give me the states. There. Yeah, the states west of the Mississippi. Hmm. So not Georgia Southern uh, or State or App State or anything right. like that. Because Sunbelt is kind of a weird conference. No, right? South Missouri. Still These are hyphenated names. Uh, Wait a minute, hyphenated names? Well, at least one of them is. Give us the states. Yeah, I'm Arkansas yeah. and Texas. Arkansas, Little Rock. Pine That's Rock. right. Little Rock. And then um, UTEP? It is a U. It, Texas it, San Antonio. No. Texas. Oh, the Lumberjack. No, San Houston State. Texas Corpus Christi. No. Maybe that's lower. Uh, um, you won't get it. Yeah. It is, it is I'm a, lost. It's yeah. a University of Texas, Texas affiliate. Yes. I should get this. I love college basketball. Yeah. So you've, me got, too. you've got Texas El Paso. You've got Texas yeah. San Antonio. You've got Texas Corpus Crispy. That's Texas A&M Corpus Crispy. Yeah. Christy. Uh, oh, Crispy. Texas Arlington. That's right. Yeah. Arlington. Okay. All right. Oh, good. wow. Yeah. Good right, right, job, right. Will. All right. Georgia is 2-0 versus Arkansas State mm-hmm. all-time with a 38-7 win in 1997 mm-hmm. and a 45-17 win in 2001. Arkansas State is known as the Red Wolves, yet both of those Georgia victories 
Arkansas State was known as something different. Can you name their old mascot? The Indians. They were the Indians. They were the Indians. They changed that in 2008. They possibly had the most offensive this side of the Cleveland Indians mascot. I I think this side of Chief Nakahoma. This is not not the crowd. Yeah. yeah, uh, (laughs) I'm sorry, but like Chief Nakahoma, I would argue, is worse than all of them, including Chief Chief. I mean, come on, guys. I'm just saying this is in the crowd. Nakahoma. It was a play on words. words. Yeah, I know it was. That's what's bad about it. (laughs) All right, we'll move on. All right, so... um, (laughs) Did you think I was going to be like, oh, like a homer? (laughs) Yes, I know. Like a homer. (laughs) That guy. (laughs) Didn't... Never mind. No. Yeah. We are recording this podcast on September 11th. September 11th, 2001 was on a Tuesday... Georgia had a home game scheduled that Saturday. And as you know, everything shut down. Um, I don't want to really turn this into a, I guess, how do you feel 18 years later? But as we all know, and we've seen on the news today, and uh, luckily our, our kids are learning it in school because mine came home and, mm-hmm. you know, downloaded on me about it. I was really impressed. With I have the always students. wondered about that. Someone that was in New York on September 11th, like, why, I, my kids are not old enough to have learned about it yet. Don't worry, we're not going to this in the podcast. But uh, this is something that I even thought at the time. I was like, wow, like, what are they going to teach kids about this? Well, my, my sixth grader came to me yesterday and he said, dad, I have some questions for you. I was like, all right. It's like his first school project. And he said, I have to, and he went through about 10 questions about where I was, what I thought about nine 11. And I went through wow. talking about yeah. how I was on the 22nd floor at uh, my bank building on North Avenue in, in Atlanta and, you know, answered the questions and they were very insightful where he was asking, what were you feeling the day of and what were you feeling a week after? And I just thought it was very profound. I was very impressed with his uh, classes talking about it. And I tweeted out I, I, something to the fact that um, my sixth grader just sat down to ask me about my opinions on 9-11 and I was very unprepared for how emotional it made me. Yeah, Katie had the same questions for Kristen, and I don't know if you know this, uh, Scott, but Greg Trevor, who was the uh, boys basketball coach, uh, Greg was the communications director for the Ports Authority. He was in the North Tower that day. I don't think Greg would care if I, I said that about him, but uh, Greg has long advocated that the focus on Rara America is the wrong focus. In mm-hmm. fact, he sponsored something at the Catholic Center uh, this last Sunday, uh, just talking about reconciliation and hope. Uh, and Greg's mission has been since that day to, I mean, he certainly wants to remember the people that died that day, many of them his friends. Um, but he also wants to focus on the power of hope. Greg is the executive director of media communications for the University of Georgia. Um, has a really interesting, so if you're really interesting take in, obviously because he was walking out of the building when they came down. So if you, if your kids just want an opportunity to learn more about it, Greg is never going to make a big deal about having been there. For that matter, he's never going to make a big deal about being a true survivor of the building, but he absolutely will talk with the kids about what it means to him. So, I mean, I, I didn't, I, didn't mean to devolve into that. No, I just thought that other, yeah. other than like, I would say that. Uh, the closer you were, uh, if you were, so were you there? I was. I was not there. I was in New York. Okay. But um, um, but that's a longer story. But I will say, the closer you were, the less it's a rah rah America holiday. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, 
I mean, look, I, I worked at the law school at the time. We had students who had family in the buildings, and I remember being very clearly worried for them in less about what was happening at the time to America. The, so. the, the thing that I do on the anniversary every year, I I, uh, um, you, I find you, myself— You play golf. I play golf. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yes, uh, I check in with all— Like, it's like there are people—there uh, are old friends of mine that I talk to once a year. Yeah. And this today. Yeah. I mean, so, I, I, um, one, of my, one of my closest friends in D.C. was literally standing at the bus stop at the Pentagon and saw yeah. the plane hit the yeah. Pentagon. So, so well, I mean, it's real. It's not uh, – I would postulate to any anybody, politician or otherwise, that, that makes this about rah-rah is mis- just missing the point uh, at best and probably la- is being ignorant of the point. The last best. thing I'll say is that, like, uh, my magazine, New York Magazine, did an incredible encyclopedia of 9-11 issue uh, for the 10-year anniversary. I contributed to it but got cut because it was such an incredible issue that they couldn't even get my awesome story in there. But for the record, my story was awesome. It was an interview with the – do you remember that initial documentary crew that was doing the, the documentary on the firefighters that happened to actually – Actually, catch that first shot. The one video sure. of the hitting the first plane. Well, they, they actually do a, a they they had the anniversary documentary that was on. They made a whole documentary about it because they followed the yeah. firefighters Fire all around Fire, that yeah. day. And I interviewed them for the ten year anniversary. Wow! Thing. And uh, and it's great because like the main focus of the thing they kept saying to me was like, "Hey, will you just please confirm that we exist? Because we know what the internet is now, and like yeah. if you search our name, it's all these dudes aren't real because other because it's all part of the conspiracy of of WTC four and so on. So uh, uh, that is uh, that is my contribution. I, uh, I you can read that piece if you go to my Twitter. You can you can see I, I linked it because because they didn't run it, but I still had it, so mm-hmm. I still ran. I always thought that particular quirk, there's a million quirks. There's a wonderful story in Wired, by the way, that ran today uh, by a guy that just did an oral history 9-11 book about how the technology was that day and how we still like consider 9-11 like kind of our current history. But if you go and look at the way that everybody actually interacted with each other on 9-11, <laughs> everyone was like page, getting pagers. Yeah. Like it talks about how in Air Force One, no one could, like the only time they even knew what was going on because Air Force One kept circling around where they could get local TV antenna to oh. see a local Florida station because no one had email on the plane and no one had like Wi-Fi on the plane. Just like how different the experience is and how it is kind of unique the way we experience the thing because now there would be like people inside the buildings oh yeah like tweet, 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 literally tweeting yeah, and like live streaming everything yeah. so it, it's uh it's, it's a it's a it's in wired i would highly recommend it's really good and now we can probably all stop talking about that love it okay well i'll go back to my question that prompted this but i we'll think just, i know the answer to your question yeah. before you get the question the is something about football that I doesn't think you appreciate probably know the i think depth. you i think tony knows this is also but we'll let we'll take a stab okay. at it I can tell you the date the game was played. Uh-oh. Okay. Uh, September 11th, 2001 was a Tuesday. Georgia had a home game scheduled that Saturday, September 15th, which was canceled, as all sporting events were. Who was the opponent, and when was the game eventually played? Okay, I've not, I had not met my wife at this point, so my connection to Georgia sports had not happened yet. Um, but it's early in the year, and so I feel like that's like a context clue for me. So I wonder if it's South Carolina. Can I give him a hint based sure. on who I think it is? Old Southwestern Conference team was Conference USA team at the time. Old Southwest Conference team. Is SMU? No. That's a good guess, though. Uh, Texas Tech? Still a good guess. Think about current coaches with bad hair. 
Uh, Amazingly bad hair. West Virginia coaches. Oh, uh, Holgerson. Uh, who's he coaching now? Baylor? Houston Cougars. Houston Cougars. That's right. <laughs> it was played That's right. December right. 7th, right? Right, right, right? It was played December 1st. First, okay. And Georgia yeah. won 35 to 7. Right. Which, you know, going through all this 9 11 stuff with my sixth grader, I was explaining, I was like, yeah, that was like one of the only years you'll ever see that Georgia had an opponent that wasn't the SEC championship game after Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he, he found all that interesting. He also found it strange that I found out about 9-11 by a phone call from my wife who was listening to the radio in her car. And he was like, you didn't just have it on your computer? Oh, yeah. I'm I mean, like, no. And so you made a good again, point. read that Wired piece. It's terrific. Yeah. And it's specifically about And that, that might have been the last, like, true TV moment, too, That's, right? That's, like, literally what the piece is about. It's about the yeah. idea that, like... Because you remember Bryant Gumbel on air and talking about it. Yeah. And, wow. Um, yeah. yeah. Also, never uh, forget uh, New York One when uh, yeah. a guy called in and uh, said, well, now I have the tallest building downtown. Let's not forget that happened either. So, yeah, that's... Anyway. Okay. Uh, one last yeah. bit of trivia-ish. This is kind of a just an extra that I just saw in my notes. This is the seventh SEC opponent in seven years for Arkansas State. They've never beat an SEC team, but they did beat somebody in 2008. They beat somebody in 2008. Well, can give, you us give us a conference. Co- co- you don't know. Big 12. They, Kansas? Texas. They beat Texas, Texas A&M. A&M. Te- so technically. They have been an SEC team, right. But they weren't in the SEC. Who was like, Texas? Who was Texas A&M in 2008? Was it uh, R.C. Slocum? I was thinking Slocum, but I don't know. Slocum of Yeah. All right. Buy or sell. Good trivia. Everybody's favorite. Buy, buy or sell. More 9-11 discussions. Buy <laughs> no, or sell. Yeah. No, Can we sell. talk about hashtags now? No. No, I don't have that on the docket. That, that's going to be saved for Notre Dame week. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> All right. Buy or sell. Noon kickoffs. Kirby likes them. Gus likes them. Saban hates them. Look, this is going to be provocative. I don't care about them for for some games. I mean, I prefer like everyone else. I I, I think I agree with Will. The three thirty CBS game, or even a six o'clock ESPN two game. That range is the platonic yeah. ideal, right? Because you get plenty of tailgate time. You're not literally sitting in traffic at one a.m. Um, it that also means your opponent's pretty good. I, you know, Saturday's going to be hot, but not like it was last week. Um, so. I'm fine with it because you still get a lot of the evening back because we'll be home by 5 o'clock. It wasn't very long ago. That, remember that that was the story that Georgia was almost requesting noon games? Because mm-hmm. Remember that? That was not Yeah, but that sucked ago. because it was like we played four or five. Oh, it was terrible. It was games. terrible. Like, I'm okay with like one, one or two. maybe two. In, 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 look, Arkansas I would State. love for Georgia Tech to stop being at noon. <laughs> like, that, that, that seems to be noon every Agreed. single year. I would love for Georgia Tech to stop being noon. But this... I'm okay with this game being. Yeah. Good. Okay, so I'm just going this is going to be all over the place. It's going to go from football to something wacky to back to football to maybe something else. To- They've listened before, Scott. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I just I feel like I need to set people up for it. All right. All right. Buy or sell. Whoa! <laughs> this podcast is not a well-oiled machine. <laughs> right. This is not Do you want, do you want some reactions? Yeah. This is not a Rube Goldberg contraption where everything is totally in lockstep. All right, buy or sell hard seltzers. White Claw recently announced sell. that they had a nationwide shortage sell. because of how popular they are. 
Natural Light also has two hard seltzers that are coming out called Catalina Lime Mixer and Aloha Beaches. I'm going to say the Catalina Lime Mixer really appeals to my stepbrother's uh, yeah. sensibilities, but and still it, sell. have it be the Natty Light, too. It's just like a perfect... Like, these are ideas. I'm never going to drink these drinks ever. But my, I have to say, my wife does like them. My wife is not a heavy drinker. And so anytime I can get her to... Uh, to uh, she was a heavy drinker when I met her. And then uh, I usually people drink more after they've known me for a while than That less. should say a lot of things about you and yeah. her. But, uh, so, so would it surprise you that I would say that I tried them and I liked them? Yeah. No. <laughs> is it like a lime arita? Is that, is no, that, yeah, no, yeah, no, no, no. These are, these are basically like flavored water, yeah. but they have alcohol in them. See, I don't actually like soda water anyway, so I feel like I wouldn't actually like I mean, it's fine in gin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm a yeah. tonic. I'm a no, tonic. I see. I'm, my wife is totally the opposite from, yeah. from probably both of yours because she loves bourbon and drinks that to the exclusion of nearly everything else but, but wine. Okay. Buy or sell Aaron Colvin. Aaron Colvin is a cornerback who was... was Sonny came home. No, that's Sean Colvin. <laughs> he was cut by the Texans. He was cut by the oh. Texans today after giving up the critical catch to Saints Ted Ginn on Monday Night Football. <laughs> he signed in 2018 a four-year, $34 million contract, and they cut him. Like $8 million was $8 million was right? guaranteed, but they got rid of him. Um, I mean, is that is that harsh, or is that just, hey, this is pro sports? I, well, I think, I think it's the NFL. It's not pro sports because other sports have guaranteed contracts. Well, it's, one, the two, it's one of two things. First off, the coaches were looking for sacrificial land for losing a game they shouldn't have lost. Or two, he just didn't bother to read the playbook. Well, he was playing about an eight-yard cushion, you know, instead uh, of playing press cover. Well, cushion. yeah, it was a bunch. Yeah, you saw the game way too much. No, I've, I've seen the Twitter pictures. Gotcha. All right. So sell buy. That, that works. Which yeah. one? Which one? I mean, he still gets eight million dollars not to work. Yeah, I'm sorry. That, that is a very much an oversimplification of what the NFL union situation is. But that is too much to get into right now. Right. Right. That's probably true. All right. Buy or sell. The Milwaukee Brewers making the playoffs as a wild card team after Christian Yelich shattered his kneecap. This is the old Ewing theory, right? This is the old Bill Simmons Ewing theory. The idea that they're your best player. Uh, they were they're winning again right now. By the way, they are currently winning. Um, but and so Joe Sheehan, uh, the old baseball dude, Joe Sheehan has an incredible baseball newsletter. If you're a baseball fan, it's really, really smart, and very well written, and really in depth. He points out that like 18 games even the best player in the world and an average player the difference between them in over 18 games is not dramatic so and Milwaukee is hot right now and they're getting some better pitch than they've gotten so I think that if Milwaukee does make the playoffs I don't think they will but if they do it should not be thought of like oh they didn't even need Yelich yeah they need Yelich baseball needs Yelich but uh, but the idea that uh, weird things happen in this, this is not the NBA if the best player in the NBA team is loses is hurt now for the year, that team just is terrible now. Baseball is not constructed. Yeah, that way. eighteen games is ten percent of the season. Yeah, yeah. So not yet. So, all right. I don't know what he's done this evening, but buy or sell Acuna. Still, I asked this question a couple weeks ago. Forty forty. He needs two home runs and six six stolen bases with sixteen games left. That's a lot of stolen bases. It's a lot of stolen bases, and particularly a lot of stolen bases for a team that's going to clinch early yeah. and also does is probably not going to catch the Dodgers. So we'll probably have nothing to play for. That's right wish now. casting. They're catching yeah. the Dodgers. <laughs> I don't want them to because I want the Cardinals to win the division. That's I, total wish we, casting. We, let's not even talk about the idea of a Cardinals Braves in LDS yet because that could happen. Then we don't need to talk about. Do that. some live shows for that. Yeah. 
We'll see. By yourself. It was an infield. Did you guys know the infield Dude, don't fly start, call was please. correct? Did you know it was not, correct? It's, yeah, it was not correct. It was absolutely correct. It just, was, just because you don't understand that infield fly rule doesn't mean literally the infield. I am an umpire, Will. I know what the infield fly rule. Reasonable efforts. Yeah, reasonable efforts. Buy or sell the new iPhone 11. I don't give a shit. <laughs> so here's something. I'm <laughs> trying to be like a good American citizen and not, and not be like uh, uh, distress and be like, this is new to me and I think this is weird. But I was looking on, I was on the Twitter. And, <laughs> um, and I was on the Twitter and apparently there's a lot, something called tryptophobia or tridophobia. People that have a hard time with things in threes. Oh, I get it. Apparently there was a whole conversation about how somehow it was insensitive of Apple to have not thought about the people that have problems with things that are in threes. Now, I, for the record, there are lots of things that I don't understand, and I don't mean to claim, toughen up, go get it, pull up your bootstraps, America. That strikes me as maybe not fair to Apple, <laughs> would be the best way to put it. It's not like they have like a spider or a goblin on the back of their... Well, uh, it their does device. look like spider eyes, yeah. the three cameras. Oh, does it? Oh, yeah. And, but really what they're touting is that they have uh, a super zoom, uh, a wide, and then an ultra-wide camera and being a filmmaker videographer photographer i'm kind of like eh, i'm good with my iphone 10 or x well, or also you have like it. really fancy cameras yeah so you don't <laughs> get a so, lens it's yeah. probably what three feet i will confess the best pictures of my family are always taken by scott <laughs> they always look so much better and i look so much better than i do you like that one of you and william at the game yeah he's a, yeah the, william, william always looks awesome my my favorite one is still the one of us the georgia tech game yeah because that's probably that's a, still that my, is a great picture that's my favorite photo i I only Google Pixel Two. I know. I am straight, that question wasn't for straight you. Android life. That's right. why I don't care. I, I I will say complaints about remind me a little bit of how angry everybody was when Twitter went from 140 to 280. 280. Yeah. So and much no, better. It's and nobody. And also, yeah, like everyone's just like, oh wait, this is great. And get an edit function in Twitter is. See, like, I feel like I'm actually against the edit function because imagine the chaos that will cause. People just and go back and edit their own things and say, I said this all along. And a five-minute edit. Yeah, yeah no, no, edit. I think a it's five minute, I'd be okay. Does, doesn't Gmail have a thing where you can send back an email? I've never done that. I've, 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 I don't use Gmail, but like I fully understand oh, I Gmail has you use a, Yahoo. What's wrong with Yahoo? I've had the same Yahoo account for... It's so you can archive all of it. I have, I have my name yeah. at Hotmail. I'm yes. never changing that. <laughs> I, have, I have Yahoo, so everything that I've said over the last 20 years can someday be used against me in some way, shape, or form. Or so, it can be in the... Riders Hall of Fame. Yeah, is that a thing? That. Let's go with that. I don't think there is one. And if there is one, I'm not going. All right, we got a couple more buy or sells. Buy or sell it chapter two. Whatever. Sell. Sell. The first one is, I was oh, yeah, crazy. I listened to your yeah, I wasn't thing, crazy yeah. with the first one. Uh, I was I had my friend Vilga Beery, who was a film critic for New York magazine, uh, filling in for Grierson on the Grierson Leach Cap podcast this week. We discussed this movie. The first one. I wasn't crazy with the first one, but this is not as good as the first one. But Bill Hader is good. Unobjectively, it's easily the bottom three or four Stephen King's books. It? Interesting. Yes. Interesting. I'm to me. Uh, to me. I wouldn't go that far, but I would say that uh, that uh, I'm a big Dead Zone fan as a, as a Dead Zone yeah. and The Long Walk yes. are actually my two favorite. Uh, one of the Long Walk is a Richard Bachman book, mm-hmm. but uh, those are actually my two favorite Stephen King novels. Yeah. Buy or sell St. Louis Battlehawks. 
Yeah. I am selling on the XFL as a rule. That's the XFL team so, for St. Louis. Um, yeah, they, get so a, they get football back. I'm out of – that is not – that is not – sure, if we want to call that football, we can call that football. But uh, no thanks. So the teams are the St. Louis Battle Hawks. It's like they ran out of good mascots. <laughs> or the just Dallas Renegades. Trying too hard. The Houston Roughnecks. Dallas Renegades, that was the USFL team, right? There was a Renegades. I don't think it was Dallas. San Antonio? No, no sort of, that was the... Showboats? Uh, no. It was the Showboats. It was the Memphis Showboats. Memphis Memphis showboats. showboats. That was a classic one. There was the Boston Breakers. Who else? It was the LA Express. And we're Maybe. talking USFL. Yeah, New Jersey Generals. Right, New Jersey Generals. Just reminding everyone, if you have ESPN Plus, go back and watch the 30 for 30 about the, the USFL. Oh, I watched, I've seen that. It is fantastic. It's good. Uh, some of the other XFL teams, the New York Guardians, the L.A. Wildcats. You know, you got all these weird ones, and yeah. you get the Wildcats. Uh, Seattle Dragons, the Tampa Bay Vipers, and the D.C. Defenders. I am much more. If we're going back to old, now defunct league, awesome names, NFL Europe is the way you go on this. The yeah. Rhine Fire. The We Laugh. Yeah, the Rhine Fire to me was always like, this is the idea that like I don't even know what Rhine is, but it seems terrifying. According to Wikipedia, the Washington Federals became the Orlando Renegades in the last season. What was another thing? The, the Canadian Football League actually had an American team for they a year. They did. They had more than one. They had a Birmingham team. They had a Baltimore team. And I actually went to a Grey Cup championship in Baltimore. Ah. The Baltimore CFL team, because they couldn't call them the Colts, um, Win the Great Cup because that was the idea, right? They were there during yeah. The, they're, they're, the first year they were the Baltimore Colts, and then the Ursays because you know they're yes. right. They're so <laughs> beloved right, right. in the Baltimore area. Right. All right. So before we jump into comments, and then we're going to get into fun office pools, I got to mention there's a super talented guy that's a big fan of the podcast. His name is Hunter Jones. He is at Hunt the Jones on Twitter. You should go look him up. He is a branding and design aficionado. He sent a mock-up. Yeah, that was awesome. Of yes. a waiting since last Saturday logo, and it can literally floored me. Let's talk about Hunter. Are you here, Hunter? Can you hear me? He's not answering. But what's, uh, the, frequency, Hunter, what's the frequency, Hunter? Hunter answer, man. I'm literally no, I, talking I, to you right now. Answer. I, I spoke with him. It's the 25th year. <laughs> I spoke with him on uh, Gmail, yeah. and uh, he sent over the actual designs of it. You know, kind of the hard edits. And uh, I got to tell you, they are something else. He's a talented dude. He is a talented dude. You, you, dude, you need to go find him online and check out some of the designs that he has on his webpage. It's huntthejones.weebly.com. He's a young guy based out of Mississippi. He said he's moving to Atlanta sometime soon. The thing I found most interesting on his website was he did alternate uniform designs for like minor league teams and high school teams oh. that I'd never even heard of, but they looked amazing. He even did a couple for like... Alabama on how he would tweak the font. Oh. Uh, it was right up my alley. He's yeah. super talented. I mean, he, and it is up your alley. He and, and I, I need to say, hang out. And he's a young dude, right? He's like, a, he's like, a, like not long out of college, right? I'm thinking anybody's younger than me, probably. Yeah, yeah at this point. He's or pretty, us. He'd be like 74. We're like, well, he's a, look at this. Up and come on. He's got spunk. Yeah, he's got spunk. Uh, but uh, hey, I, I will say, as someone that has uh, um, uh, seen people uh, uh, rise and, uh, and make their names, uh, I encourage anyone that's young 
to uh, just do stuff like this mm-hmm. and make stuff on your own and think things that, that creatively inspire you and do something on your own with it because I think that was the thing I love the most I was honored that he did it about us but to me I thought the thing was really cool is that like he's like oh I'm inspired but this thing that I is in the world that I enjoy I'm inspired by it and I, I, he went out and made something because of it and I thought that was really cool alright some comments uh, we got one via Podbean again I guess people got word that you Thanks can make comments Podbean. on Podbean yeah. um, a guy name well not a guy but the faith ball podcast commented keep being yourselves guys i think the sounds of consumption adds to the mood of your shows really like the show great quality and creative content go dogs faith ball faith ball podcast that That sounds actually kind of interesting and then we got um a couple of dms on instagram hey gents great show this last week and can't wait for the breakdown coming up I just booked our tickets to the Georgia-Florida game and wanted to know if you guys were going and if you were planning on tailgating. This will be my very first cocktail party, so wanted to get some advice from you guys on what to do and what not to do. Thanks, guys, and go dogs. And that's from Shano Bowling. Tony? Um, well, I mean, I think I'm going to Georgia-Florida. I'm not sure yet. Can you give them one good piece of advice and one uh, to do and something not to do? Well, so the most important thing about Georgia, Florida is to remember that it literally is the closest thing to a bowl experience you will see outside of a bowl game. And I could actually say it's a bowl plus because of the rivalry involved. I would go ahead and buy parking early because you can end up in some dicey parking situations. You know, even the Florida fans, except for the most ardent ones, especially this year, are probably going to be pretty low-key. I've been years when they were really good, and they're just like four-wheel drive jackasses. Um, it's fun. It's a fun. It's a fun scene. Um, it is very tribal. Um, know that going in. Understand that somebody is going to yell at you because you're wearing red and black. But do not be afraid to stand up for what you believe in. And for heaven's sakes, uh, stay away from the. Unless it's your only time down there, those super mass-produced tailgates, because you just end up talking to your friends instead of meeting new people. I've never been, but I can't wait to go. Someday. 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 I, I hope to go this year. It's just the kids' schedules are conspiring against me right now. But uh, Scott did, you know, you know, I got my tickets, so we'll see what I'm going to do with them. Then uh, Julie Moon, a big listener of the podcast, she sent a direct message. She's here in Watkinsville. Yeah. Yeah. She sent a direct message uh, with, she had screenshotted the fun office pools and her title on it was Moondog Ties with Will. No. Congratulations. So she Julie. is tied with you. So we'll get into that in a little bit. I think, I'm not 100% certain, but I think her kid goes to school with our kids. Hmm. I think. Well, this seems like a good change to send to the fun office pools. Yeah, let's make it happen. Well, I got a couple more comments. Okay. See, that, then you should have put that last we so we could transition into it. It's yeah. how I listed it out here. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> I don't know why I'm Who trying knows? Who knows? There could be a betting yeah. comment. Next. I said the Rube Goldberg machine of interlocking parts it's working just, in precision. It's just like uh, we're here again. I, I'll, I'll just zoom through. Remember these. when we were? I was like, hey, we should like have like a preview podcast where we have all the emails <laughs> that lead us in. And then we got here, and he's like, nah, I just get a bunch of emails. <laughs> I'll just read them. This is from <laughs> this is from Davy Stoss One on Instagram. Hey guys, question for the show. I'm a big Georgia fan, grew up in Syracuse, and have always been a huge Cuse fan, football and basketball season. But when I left town and got married to a Georgia girl, Syracuse went through a decades-long down cycle in football, and I started following the dogs. Now I live in Syracuse again, and all my friends won't respect my love for Georgia. So here's the question. What are rules for fandom? 
do you think I can be a huge fan for two Power 5 schools? Luckily, Georgia and Q's have yet to play each other since I've been a fan of both. Are my friends right for calling shenanigans? Follow-up question, who would Will cheer for if Illinois played Georgia this year? If, if the dogs lose, it could have national title implications, but would be huge for the Illinois program. I struggle with this potential scenario each year. Thanks. I, w- I was waiting for uh, uh, that question because I, I wanted to chime in, but t- Tony has something. So I'm going to start since I, you know, I'm still an Illinois fan. I worked at the University of Illinois for a number of years. And I think Will will answer the question exactly the same way I will. It's perfectly fine for you to be a fan of more than one Power 5 team. Um, I do not agree with those that say you have to pick a team or, for that matter, the team picks you. It's not your religion, Uh, although it is. But we can have that. That's a whole different podcast. There was a scenario at one point in 2007 where Georgia and Illinois could have potentially played one another. And that was when Illinois ruined it, right? Right, Illinois Illinois, Illinois went to the Rose Bowl. Right. And they um, kept Georgia for the Rose they kept Bowl, Georgia which we Rose all Bowl. will admit which at, turned out great. Which turned out great. Right. Um, but you know, I can say unequivocally that there's no chance I would have rooted for Illinois over the University of Georgia. You've got to pray on it, meditate, and pick your team. If it comes to that, uh, your friends are wrong. You can be a fan of two Power 5 teams. Yeah, for the record, I, a few things on this. One, the idea that anyone at Syracuse would be giving anybody crap about anything involving college sports. And I said, out of love for Syracuse, one of my best friends in the world is a journalism professor at Syracuse. Go look up Aileen Gallagher, man. By the way, she's the best. And uh, uh, and so you and I, I go visit her once a year. So maybe I'll catch you at one of those games. Um, but I will say that I've thought about this a lot, particularly in the idea of basketball. It's probably more basketball related than than football related. But I've always thought about the idea, particularly because I have season tickets to Georgia basketball, and I have a, I would say, somewhat visually prominent seat uh, at the Georgia Georgia basketball games that I try to show my Georgia love. But I always thought, what if Illinois and Georgia do a home-and-home someday? Uh, Which is not impossible to think, particularly if if Crean takes that to the next step. The idea of they do some sort of home and home, uh, if I am in those seats and I've been actively cheering for Georgia all of this time, would I cheer for Illinois? 100% you would. And the answer is I would be wearing my orange and blue and screaming for the Illini across the board. And I say I do not, however, think that makes me less of a Georgia basketball fan. Agreed. And uh, I am because I'm there every game, cheering for Georgia every game, and following all this stuff all along. But the idea that, like, again, Illinois and Georgia have never played. I feel like football would be a little different because if Illinois ever gets to a situation, I think I've made this comment before. But if Illinois ever plays Georgia at all in any concept, it's been a horrible year for Georgia and the best year ever for Illinois. So to me, at that point. Just the fact that we got to the point where we even played Georgia would feel like a victory. So what do you think, feel almost churlish to root for. What do you think Illinois. the spread? Say, say you flip, you switched out Arkansas State for Illinois this week in the same position yeah. they're in. What do you think the spread would be? Georgia think, versus Illinois. I think it would be less than what Arkansas State is. Right? Probably, I agree. yeah, yeah. Uh, this is if we have our Illinois minute. This is a moment where Bill Connolly um, pointed out this week that Illinois is a fifty-eight percent chance of making a bowl which is higher than Tennessee, which is higher than South Carolina, which is higher than a lot of teams. So this, this, this year's uh, Illinois team is a little bit different. Uh, I think of those, some of the really, truly terrible Illinois teams, if they played at Georgia, 
I don't think it would have been wrong to give like a 35 or 40 point favorite for Georgia. I do not think it would be that this year. I think Georgia might still cover that, but I don't think the spread. I think that if Illinois played at Georgia, I would say it would be 27. Sounds about right. Yeah, 25. 20, yeah. 25, 27 would be about right. And you talked about Georgia played uh, Illinois at home at home. 100% would call my former student who is now the AD at um, Illinois. Yeah, it's us women, your yeah, former student. Yeah, give me, give me some tickets, and he I better. would wear red and black. Yeah, I would, 100%. And, 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 and I don't think anybody would argue with yeah, me. Yeah, and I think that's the thing is that, like, listen, I. I don't know if you guys know this, but I am literally on a Georgia football podcast twice a week. I feel like I have my bona fides as a Georgia fan. Yeah. But I have to tell you, if Illinois plays Georgia in football, it would be drumming and I would be rooting for Illinois in almost like a conceptual type of way. But I'm not going to sweat if I want to lose that game. But I got to tell you, they play in basketball. And I, again, I go to every Georgia basketball game and I'm obsessed with that team, and I can't wait to watch Anthony Edwards. But like now, you're talking serious. Like Illinois basketball is core to my being. The way that Georgia football is core to our being, there is. No, I will be wearing my Illini orange and screaming like crazy. Your friends are wrong. Yes. No shenanigans. Yes. And if Georgia plays Syracuse, you better root for Georgia. <laughs> Agreed. And if Georgia plays Syracuse at the Dome, I'm going because that's on my bucket list. I don't think they're ever letting an SEC champion, uh, SEC team ever after the LSU business. All right, so we are going to skip this next one. It is a Notre Dame question. So M. Reagan 83, we're going to get to it next week. It's a question for Tony. And then the last question comes from at the Fish Police. Uh, on Twitter, I'm glad someone is finally <laughs> placing the goddamn fish. Wow. He says, uh, at waiting since last Saturday podcast, so sad for all those Cal professors and Tweed Blazers that are coming to Oxford on September 21st that they won't get much Grove time. Also, Cal kicking off at 9 a.m. Pacific time sounds less than ideal because the, they released the schedules yeah, for the yeah. 21st, and Cal and Ole Miss are kicking off at noon. First off, low-key, do not sleep on Cal professors, um, especially partying at the Grove. Uh, second off, it still remains my favorite. Uh, this is a really weird cultural connection. Although Cal, they did beat Washington. <laughs> did. Well, we haven't talked about that at all. I don't think we're did getting our... Good. I do not think we're getting our two former Georgia quarterbacks in the playoff one, scenario. One looked good, one did not. Yes. So that, that'll do it for the uh, questions. We'll get into front office pools. But, Tony, I want you to opine, maybe give a two, three-minute soliloquy on Tennessee football because we have not gotten into that. <laughs> so and I don't want to miss out on this opportunity. So um, what to tell people, I think a lot of people are thinking, you know, with that picture you saw of Fulmer sitting there and like his coaching gear yeah. uh, looking. Very jolly. Uh, yes. Very so jolly. what, Tony, the floor is yours. So it, please understand and under, no, under no circumstances do I feel bad for Tennessee football or Tennessee football fans. I have close friends who are Tennessee football fans. I have a student who is literally texting me during this and like I the best thing for me to do is go to bed because if I go out I'm I'm getting in a fight. This is the closest thing I can think of to last Saturday was closest thing to the perfect football day that could have been absent Georgia beating if, look, if Georgia beat Notre Dame, we, we all acknowledge that was a wonderful football day, right? But last Saturday was really close, right? The LSU-Texas LSU game was incredible. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Texas, I mean, Tennessee lost to BYU because they couldn't defend a pass on 
third and whatever. No, it was first and whatever, but from the 15-yard line, my daughter laughed at sad, spontaneously laughed at sad ball fan. Um, And she instantly shot up in the the kid rankings. Um, It's incredible. And, And to be perfectly serious, it's incredible to me that what is happening at Tennessee is not about talent. It's a little bit about coaching. It's everything about culture. And Aaron Murray was right. He's not fit to be a head coach. There's no way around that. I'm not saying he can't turn it around. I'm not saying he can't learn to be a head coach. But the Jeremy Pruitt we see today as a head coach is the Jeremy Pruitt we thought we were going to see as the head coach at Tennessee. He spent the time out when he should have been coaching up his team, yelling at his cornerback for allowing that. Thing, for allowing that. And lo and behold, he went around back after the guy and got in field goal position. I'm sorry. That's exactly what you got. That's exactly what you went after. That's why you didn't. That's why Greg Schiano wasn't good enough. That's why Mike freaking Leach wasn't good enough. You got what you deserved. Take your two and ten. Go home with it. You can't afford the payout this year. Next year, when Phil Former's your coach by the fifth game, you got what you deserve. Oh, that was beautiful. That might just be a standalone podcast by itself. <laughs> yeah. The three minute episode, the midweek. I mean, watch this turn around loose to them, but whatever. <laughs> Okay, if that happens, yeah, that's not. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's not going there. It's but nine million dollars to buy him out this year. It, they can't afford it, and they're it. still paying they Butch can't Jones. It. No, it's like kind of Georgia Tech. Scenario Everybody that thinks, I mean, like I have, I have been making the Phil Fulmer subscribing to the Barry Alvarez newsletter. It all feels along. like it's going to happen, but it feels like it's going to happen, but they can't do it. Yeah, they can't do it. I'm starting to think that maybe you shouldn't <clears> listen to Clay Travis when you make your hiring decisions. I will say that one of the proudest tweets I've had in a long time was that Saturday night I tweeted. At this point, I'm a little mad that I got blocked by Clay Travis a long time ago because mm-hmm. to to be able to see his feed right now would be oh whatever he'll just write him off. in a way. I don't know if you know, know this. But he's but married to a cheerleader. He lives on a lake. I've heard of that. I heard, did, was, did he used to be a lawyer? He used to be a lawyer. Good for him. I used to be a lawyer. Yeah, okay, smarter than me. Is it okay to say I think he's kind of funny or interesting at times? Uh, it's, yeah. it's okay and to still say, be doing I mean, this okay podcast with y'all. I mean, it's okay <laughs> to say something completely <laughs> dipshit and wrong, but yes, it's I mean, totally look, okay to say look, that. I, look, I will not deny that the guy has moments of uh, humor. Yeah. Uh, he's also a uh, he's also a dipshit. <laughs> okay. Wow, y'all are really making my gonna, I'm going to be in my office all day. I'm sorry, not Clay working Travis on it. came up. If we're not going to say if you, if you're not going to if we can't say the word dipshit when we're talking about Clay Travis, I would t- I, I would Clay Travis. Shouldn't come up. I will tell you, my disdain for him goes to the extent of we. Were, I don't want to go that. We don't have to go. Oh, no, no, no. We were driving through Nashville one time, going to my in-laws in Indiana, and literally, I came close to calling into his show, um, just literally to say, "Oh, now you'll talk to me." <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get in the front office pools. Uh, the rankings are out after two weeks. How did we do this week? Uh, I am ranked. 85th. I'm sorry. I'm not ranked 85th. I have 85 points overall. <laughs> <laughs> I read the wrong column. Um, uh, I'm tied it. for 51st with 85 Good points. That's you, how man. you say it. Yeah. And someone else that has 85 points and is tied for 51st is Will Leach. All right. Where's so, Tony Waller? After Tony Waller been is at the bottom of the pool. I had a rougher week this week. I had a tough week. I did not have a rough week. Tony, I, I didn't either. You know, I missed one game. Me too. I picked Tennessee. I did too. Yeah. Uh, Tony is ranked or tied for 42nd with 86 points. This is going to be yeah. good. Uh, the leader in the clubhouse is GA26 oh, ENGR. Yeah. ENGR, yeah. Okay. I don't know. 
Uh, and then also tied for first is Born to Bark. And then Denito's Supreme. P.D. Jones, last week's leader, uh, is just about three points off the lead. So, yeah, get your picks in. We're about to go over them. And here they are. First game on the board is Southeastern Louisiana at Ole Miss. I put this on there because Ole Miss has not looked good. I think Ole Miss wins, but this game is a uh, it is a trap game, bad trap game for them. I'm taking Ole Miss. Yeah, I am too. Then another nooner for Ohio State. Nooner. They go to Indiana. They're both undefeated. What was that really fun? Didn't they open the season on like a Thursday a couple of years ago, and it was really fun? Indiana, Indiana gave them like a Ohio yeah. State. Indiana, yeah. they gave them like a little bit of a scare. Um, this feels like uh, the Indiana. What's the uh, spread on this? Fifteen. Yeah, I, I think Ohio State covers the spread. You think so? Oh yeah, I think Ohio State wins, but uh, Indiana covers. Okay, I mean Indiana. It'd be fun if that happens. Yeah. All right, uh, Felipe Franks takes on somebody else at quarterback because Terry Wilson is out for the year. It's a uh, former uh, Troy quarterback, Stuart Smith, something Stuart. You know what's interesting is that Kentucky's backup quarterback transferred to Ohio State and yeah. is now backing up. Knox. Justin Fields. So if he had just stayed put, Knox Withers, he would have been playing. We yeah. still haven't had our Justin Fields conversation. I'm going to wait. Yeah. I'm going to wait. It's too late wait. tonight. Sawyer wait. Smith. So yeah. uh, you think Florida starts a new streak? I think Kentucky covers, but I don't see. I don't it's see an eight and a half point spread. I'm picking Florida, and I think they cover. Well, we're, we're picking winners, not spreads. I'm just saying, yeah. Because gambling is bad for you. All right. I uh, can literally lose your nest. This, see lost in America. This is not an ACC game. <laughs> North Carolina at Wake Forest. It is a non-conference game. Yeah, <laughs> right. You're right. That is really weird. Because it's not, I'm going to pick Wake. The Demon Deacons are rolling, and the Mac is back. I kind of refuse to admit that. Because, you know, the, when this game was originally scheduled, there was a long discussion about, like, this could become a more common occurrence mm-hmm. of teams. Well, I think we talked about this on yeah, our podcast. and I do not like thumbs down. Um, I'm taking North Carolina. So you're selling this. I'm selling hard. Wouldn't you rather be playing Ole Miss this weekend in a non-conference game than Arkansas State? No, because it's a conference game. Like, they're in the same conference, and therefore it is a conference They do it in baseball. I don't care. College baseball. baseball? Georgia plays Alabama non-conference. But But that's the last, yeah. They shouldn't do it there either. So y'all are picking UNC? Yes. No. No. Wake. I forgot that they, this was a non-conference game. Now I'm annoyed yeah. about this game. So you're just going to abstain? <laughs> I, I, I got to be North honest. Carolina. I put this on there because I knew it would annoy well. I'm really riled up about this. All right. Uh, another non-conference game. Eastern Michigan goes to Champagna, Illinois and plays Will's Illini. Yes. And for the go ahead. This is where I thought that you'd get your Illinois minute in. Yes. This is. Uh, no, he's already done that. We're good on that. I will say that Illinois, this is. The weird thing, I discussed this briefly earlier, the weird thing about being a team that's just desperately trying to get six wins is games like this are bigger than, like, Michigan at Illinois. Right. And, like, it's a huge, huge game because everything after, like, you have to win this game. This is the best team Illinois has played so far. They did not play great against Connecticut last week, but they still won. I feel like it's weird to be in a world where Illinois didn't cover a 20-plus point spread on the road against an actual American conference school, and everyone's like, what's wrong with Illinois? It's really strange. Uh, But I will say that uh, I think Illinois is going to win this game and uh, setting up for a huge game home against Nebraska Mm -hmm. at 8 o'clock. 
I don't know what I'll be doing. Oh, right, I'll be at the Notre Dame game. At the Notre Dame uh, game. That night. And so. you're going to be at the Georgia game also during, during this the game. game, which yeah. is, yeah, so, which is a whole other thing. Since you brought up Notre Dame, I'm sorry, since you brought up Nebraska, right. the Colorado Nebraska game last week. Yeah, Nebraska jumped out to a big lead, yeah. and Mel Tucker's. He might actually be a good head coach. Did you know Mel Tucker was even capable of doing a flea flicker inside in the, the end zone? zone. It's crazy. Bless good for them. Man. Good for them. Honestly, that's a huge win for them. Like people are so amped about Nebraska right now. Yeah. And for Colorado to win that game in a stadium that is full of Nebraska, Nebraska fans, fans is is pretty awesome. Agreed. And like we are not. He gets a couple more wins like that. Like, he doesn't need to win. He doesn't have to win a, a Pac-12 Pac-12. He doesn't need no. to. But, like, if he has a couple more wins like that over the next two or three years, you're going to start being like, South Carolina's got an opening. <laughs> and or you're going to start. You're going to start hearing that stuff. So uh, that was a pretty awesome win. It was. Give and me on, Illinois. Okay, yeah. And on the flip side of that conversation, Colorado State. Pays a visit to Fayetteville. Yeah. Um, Former coaches under weird, much more weird, alarming yeah. situations. Yeah, just, I mean. I really thought that was going to work for him down there. I really did. It's not it, looking great. And the first year looked great. It looked like there was something kind of brewing. And it's really going backwards fast, man. And, like, whatever. No one, I, I, I don't understand why any Georgia fan would not just be really sad about the fact that it's not working out for him there. But it's kind of looking like it's not working out for him there. Yeah, his uh, his back issues has gotten in the way of recruiting in a way that I don't think there's any way for him to account for when he took that job. Um, it's hard. It's hard for me, but I pick Arkansas. Yeah, I think Arkansas is hot garbage, and I'm going to go with uh, Colorado State. I mean, he could sure use that win. He man. could win that win. <laughs> yeah, that win will help. He him. could really use it. Okay, and then another uh, matchup of undefeateds. Kansas State travels to Starkville. I guess they're going by crop duster or something down there from Manhattan to Starkville, but uh, they play Mississippi State. I, I kind of love this match because this is like the this is the Kansas State is kind of the Mississippi State of. The I was Pac-12. just about to say, totally, totally. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of fun. I the thing I love about Kansas State though, I feel like they're interesting because they brought, they got the North Dakota State dude, yeah. and like I love experiments like that to see if something at that level can work at this level. If Kansas State win this, wins this game, I don't think they're going to. But if Kansas State wins this game, you start looking at what he's doing there a little bit differently. Um, and I don't think it's going to work. I don't think he's going to. It may work, but I don't think he's going to win this game. But if Kansas State wins this game, it's suddenly really, really fascinating. Yeah. I think the gas station fried chicken's better in Starkville, so I'm, <laughs> I'm picking that. Picking, picking Mississippi State. All right, uh, Stanford off a really disappointing uh, yeah. game against uh, Southern Cal last week where they got their doors blown off. Goes all the way over to upstart. Well, not upstart anymore. They're just good. Central Florida, it really doesn't matter what quarterback they have down there. Josh Heupel's got them rolling. Yeah. I've got to pick Central Florida. Yeah. I'm, I mean, if I were going to pick anybody, I'd pick the playoff committee. But, yeah, yeah. Central Florida. Yes, I agree. Okay, the uh, Cyhawk Trophy is on the line, and game day is going to be game in Ames, there. Iowa, for the first time ever. Speaking Iowa of our Syracuse, Iowa State, our Syracuse dude earlier, that loss last week cost them game day. That oh, game, that probably. Oh, how could you not do Clemson's yeah. only interesting game they have left? Syracuse again. I, I made this joke earlier. Syracuse has like half the members of the media. They will never get a game day again. I don't think they've had one before. 
I thought they had when LSU was there. Yeah, I don't. Maybe I don't remember. But Paul uh, Eileen should remember. Yeah, uh, but I would say that uh, they missed an opportunity there. This is a cool. This is always a weird game. It's but this really is interesting, man. Like, like uh, for the record, I, I haven't talked to you about this yet. Tony Waller playoff team Iowa State almost lost to Northern Iowa. They should have lost to Northern Iowa. Yeah, I watched and, that game, and they haven't played since then. They had they had last week yeah, off. Yeah, so um, I picked Iowa State in this game, but this of all games always feels perpetually <clears throat> impossible to pick. Yeah, I mean the the hard part about picking this game is that. No matter when this game is played, I know this game's always played the third week of the season because they hate they hate us. Um, no matter where this game is played or whatever, it always seems that the no matter how good or bad the teams are, the best unit for one is always against the best unit for the other, and conversely, the worst unit for one is worst unit against the other. Um, Isn't I, this El Asico? Is it's El Asico? Yeah, yeah this is this is uh, Spencer Hall's yeah. El Asico. Despite what happened uh, the first week, I think that week off gives them the opportunity to figure out the defense in a way that uh, is going to slow Iowa down. Uh, give me Iowa State. Okay. You better pick Iowa State, man. You had them in the playoff. Yeah. I had them in the playoff. And then the final game on the schedule, and you probably won't see it because it's being played on the ACC Network. Yeah, Lord, they, who gets these? Well, I get it. Me, I get it. I, get I don't it. get it. I have I Charter. It. Yeah, um, and we get it on Dish Network, so we'll have it. Well, we won't have. You have Charter. Here, normally, yeah. Yeah, so I, I have Charter, and I get it. <clears throat> it's have, get it's it. on channel three thirty-seven. I've every time I try to get into it, it says I don't have. It's it. on six six nine. Nice. <laughs> All right, uh, Florida State goes to Virginia. I think Virginia. Wake Forest is playing two teams. Florida State goes to Virginia. They have a non-conference game in that conference game. I think uh, Sean Moore and Herman Moore are going to really put it on uh, the Seminoles. And yeah, that's this game is it's, Virginia's ranked. It's absolutely you want to see a dead body game. Yeah, it's funny watching. to think, right? Like we've kind of been joking about that game next year between Georgia and Virginia is it's Virginia, but like Virginia, we need them to graduate some people. Yeah, like Virginia's a little. Better, so. I think it's because we played Virginia 18 times in the late 90s. Yeah. Like, we in, played in them twice in the season, twice in the bowl season. It's <laughs> yeah. crazy. Um, no. I, I, so, I, I'm taking Virginia big time. Yeah, I'll get Virginia. Um, and I apologize. And Scott, you haven't picked yet, but I apologize. The, the game, this is a low-key, really it's a tough week. crappy week, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, if you're going to Ames, Iowa. Honestly, like, that is like the best Well, time, I mean, right? but, but look at this way. Like, the, the, probably the most compelling SEC game is Florida, Kentucky. The second yeah. most is Alabama, South Carolina with a 25-point spread. Yeah. Um, it's, just, it's, a, it's just a weird week. It's just a weird week. I think uh, all of college football, like us, is spending this week preparing for Georgia and Notre Dame. Yeah. Well, I don't know what's happening next week, but as I assume yeah. that some things will. Well, then we should make our picks for this week. Oh, yeah, Wait, is this the week that Georgia plays? No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> so it's going to be another noon start. Noon. It'll be a little bit hotter, I think, because last week we had 17% humidity. Uh, I think it will be a little bit warmer, but hey, it'll be the first, I guess, full game. I mean, last week was a full game at Dooley Field, but they had the intro part. So I'm going to feel like this is my first time where I can walk into the stadium and see Dooley Field at Sanford Stadium and officially say it. And in fact, I thought it was really cool how the Arkansas game notes it said location colon Dooley Field at Sanford yeah. Stadium. So that that was really cool. But um, 
I don't see this being too much of a sweated out. Um, I was really nervous after the first quarter last week because I mentioned the word Nichols to Will, and he kind of scoffed it off and was like, no, we're fine. And Will is correct in just Always about is. everything he talks about when it comes to college football. Totally while he's, and, and really world, the world. Only while he's in the stadium sitting next to me. Um, but uh, I'd anticipate to see uh, a little bit more of the run game features Amir a little bit. Uh, I'm interested to see if anything comes out of that jet sweep package, uh, almost where they're running like a bubble um, behind it with uh, one of the running backs with uh, uh, Robertson. That, that's something I'm going to keep an eye on. And then I, w- I just want to see more Havoc rate. I want to see more more, and more Havoc. Uh, I'm going to predict the final score to be Georgia 38 Arkansas State, 14. I agree. I feel like this game is like 21-13 or something at halftime. Like, oh. where are you like, girl, yeah, 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 yeah. At Jesus, freaking out over here. Yeah, to get the paddles for well, it's like, yeah, sorry, but It's like 21-13 at halftime where it's just like a little, or, or maybe 21-14, or like, like it's a little closer than you want it to be at halftime. And then they pick them up and let them kick their feet till they die. But this is not. I, I feel like if we've gotten one message across this podcast. This is not Murray State. It's not Murray State. It is a very different experience. It's going to be a very different experience. For sport. I feel like Georgia's going to win. I think they're going to win handily. But it is not Murray State. Yeah, I think I agree with y'all. I don't see there's. It's hard to see a situation where. This game is is close later than halftime. Is it possible that it's a seven point game at halftime and we take the opening kickoff and drive down and score, hold down the score again, and the you know by with five minutes left in the third quarter, it's a twenty one point game. Yeah, that's totally possible. Um, I, I think we'll see a couple of wrinkles, but I also think we'll probably play the lockdown defense. They'll settle for a number of field goals early. And, you know, we'll end up beating them in the neighborhood of, like, I don't know, 41-17 or, you know, maybe maybe another touchdown, make it 48-17 or 48-20 or something like that. Yeah. But uh, I was thinking 48-20. I yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't, you know, the, the spread feels close to right. Yeah. Again, I'm going to go back to what we started the show with. It's Let's be careful about uh, assuming this is a Murray State game. It's not. Um, this game is probably going to be – a fair amount more competitive, and if, frankly, if we see thirty to six like we did against uh, Vanderbilt, where it's you know twenty one six or whatever it is, uh, and, late in the third yeah. quarter, um, that could happen. But I just think we'll score a few more points, and so will they. All right, so this is our last preview show until oh, hmm. some game in a week or so. Should be interesting. But uh, otherwise, I, I think we, we've not nailed this down, but, you know, we're eventually we're going to do that El Barrio postgame show. Yeah. Allegedly. Uh, that, it's, com- it's coming soon. It's coming soon. We'll but let you know. But it's not this Sunday. No. It's not this Sunday. So you should still, however, go to El Barrio. Yeah. yeah like Robert did last week. There. And tweet us a picture when you go there. Yeah. yeah. I will say, uh, this is, I'm going to give a free advertisement. It says it's not free. They're paying some of us. Um, but... Um, the the I, I noticed this last weekend. The El Barrio t- uh, Margarita cups, the blue one, mm-hmm. are very handy for roadies uh, on a walk to uh, to a tailgate. To tailgates, yeah. Very, yeah. Very, Matter of fact, I meant to bring your cup. I didn't. Oh, don't um, do, do, can keep it around you? the house now because yeah. it matches the other ones we have. Yes, exactly. um, yeah, I, th- I think tomorrow night. Uh, I mean Friday night. Uh, 
will probably go to Pebble Main because they have a fantastic bourbon selection for our, for especially for Watkinsville. So, otherwise, uh, serious business, people. Uh, we got one more week to go until uh, the game that we are actually all really waiting for. Let's stop pretending. But otherwise, um, go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. Make sure to check out our show notes page and the links regarding the wine dinner at The Pine this coming Monday, September 16th at 6 p.m. And also for more information on the Eastside Eats fundraiser. And feel free to tweet our show anytime or DM us on Instagram. DM, DM, direct messages on Instagram. We'll try our best to discuss and answer any questions that you pose on a future episode. Our handle for both platforms is at WSLS Podcast. Have a great rest of your week. Remember, wear some pink on Saturday. Hashtag wear pink for Wendy. And we'll see you on campus. Go dogs.